Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to Helmet Theory Podcast. It's ya boy. And ya boy. And we got our good buddy, Kyle Sullivan. Kyle, so what's up, dude? Yo, yo, yo. How y'all doing? Good, man. It's been way too long, hasn't it? Way too long, man. Dude, I had since y'all were still in college at OBU. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a cool minute on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy just had a baby, so... Oh yeah, team no sleep. Yeah, yeah. He just—I see you drinking that coffee right now. So uh. <laughs> I got up on the way, man. I'm, I'm. Ooh, uh, come on. Going to game. Nice. How far along? Dude, uh, she's due the 21st of December. So we think oh, he's probably nice. a little early though, because he's running out of room quick, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a real thing. For real. That's, that's a real thing. Like, hey. uh, Hey, just know the few weeks leading up is real fun for you. And then you go into a dry and desert land. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's great. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get into it, man. So, Sullivan, uh, or so we call you Sully, I guess. Let's give some context. Kyle Sullivan is your, your Christian name, but we just call you Sully. But, uh, no, man, thanks for hanging with us tonight, dude. It's uh, Obviously, we've been friends for a while, and... We're excited to hear some about your story and your experience. So you you invented leadership, right? That's who you are? See, I mean, you might say that, but uh, <laughs> you may be one of one. One of one, yeah. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, start start with, all right, so me and you went to OBU together, and that's how we know each other. And then, of course, Nichols has been my best friend since forever. So y'all met at some point in that uh at that at, at, in that whole journey. Yep. And then after school, you went and you followed the ministry route. Yep. So give us give us like that like the run through of yeah there to now. Graduated uh, from Washtenaw or OBU, two thousand twelve. Go Tigers. Um, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma because there was this blind that was super fine, and uh, definitely moved to Oklahoma to chase a girl. That's how it goes. Uh, worked out great. Six and a half years married, uh, a month, a month old, uh, little girl. So it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, got to Oklahoma, worked at a, a local church um, that I interned in in college, and then uh, about eight months after, got hired at Life Church, a little church out of Oklahoma. Yeah, small, real small. <laughs> um. How many locations did Life Church have when you started? When I started, 15. And then by the time you left, it had 33. Yeah, small little church. That's that sounds about right. So they're uh, opening one up up the road from my house in Fayetteville. Really? Yep. Yep. So there's a there's 34 locations in 10 states now, um, and so I came on as an associate youth pastor. And then I was a youth pastor, and then I transitioned to uh, hosting guest experience um, after four and a half years. I was an associate campus pastor during that time, uh, my last two years at Life Church. And then January of this year, uh, transitioned and started at a church called Transformation Church, Pastor Michael Todd. And uh, another small church, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> y'all, y'all actually started small, though. Oh, so January 2018, the church was averaging around a thousand people, and we had about five thousand uh, this past weekend. That's crazy. 
Um, and so I oversee small groups. We call them belong groups, uh, but oversee small group ministry there. And uh, yeah, so that's really quick. Uh, yeah. Seven and a half years. Okay. And then, yeah, that was actually a really great summary. And then you also are, you're doing some coaching, leadership development. Tell us just a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm a leadership junkie. Uh, yeah, you are. You have been as long as I've known you. And, and I'm, I'm eternally grateful for being a part of Life Church because there's an incredible leadership development culture that built in me and uh, really turned the light switch on for me of leadership. And man, I just, I just love it. And now at Transformation Church, uh, Pastor Mike is an incredible leader as well, pours into us, encourages continual improvement. Um, I'm chipping away. I don't even know if you know this, Matt. Chipping away at my master's in organizational leadership. Yeah. And so I'm a leadership junkie, constantly reading, listening, um, listening to podcasts, reading books. It's 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 kind of one of my things. Okay. So before we end, we won't do this now. Before we end, I'd be really. I'm always texting you like, hey, what's a good uh. What's a good book, a good business development, leadership, whatever. So that's been good. I want to touch on that before we leave because I want you to leave me with some recommendations. But um, I think one of the most interesting things, and Nichols can chime in here too, <clears throat> our podcast has been all about inviting people from different walks of life, different careers, vocations, beliefs. We've had everything from, uh, I mean, you know, this is like our fourth or fifth episode as we're recording tonight. So it's not like we have this huge variety, but <laughs> at this point we've had, uh, a movie director. We've had me and Nichols kind of talking about our own experiences and our stories. Uh, we've got a guy we're recording with that used to be in a, in a band that's got pretty big and now he owns a business. And, uh, we had a couple, uh, that identify as gay Christians. And so they, they kind of dabbling in both worlds. They didn't want to pick. So they just, <laughs> it's really interesting. So I think with you, the big draw, for Nichols and I was that we both come from this evangelical, you know, I, I hate this term, but it kind of is what it is at this point, but kind of the mega church model, which I don't think has to have a negative connotation. I think some people might see it that way, but that oh, way, sure. but, uh, the pendulum swings, it swings hard the other way. So people hate yeah, that's good. church. So yeah, exactly. So Nichols and I's perspective is obviously have done a little bit of ministry in different contexts, grew up much like you and probably more of a conservative, more of a traditional environment, and then got exposed to a different kind of church, a different way of doing church, a different way of thinking about faith. And so I think the draw to having you on was you have served at and been on staff at two churches that have been wildly successful. I, I think would be a good way to say it. <laughs> They've grown at least a lot and y'all have been able to, I think your growth matches the vision that you have for growth. So I call that success. Um, so I, I guess, I guess I've had so many, I think this is a neat dynamic of the three of us because you're super active in your church to the point where, you know, they got to even pay you to go to church. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, then, I, be, I, good way to be right right and then Nichols he doesn't even love God anymore he just <laughs> no I'm kidding no I man Kyle just a little short synopsis man I I uh my wife and I have experienced a lot within the church outside of the church things like that and um uh, pretty much man we we still go to church periodically um 
But what I've found is that I have, I and my wife have experienced more of the people that we always said we would go after um, inside the church um, mm. since we have stepped a little bit, probably one foot out, one foot in type of thing. Yeah. Uh, it sounds terrible, but what I mean by that is like, I mean, I've gotten to know more atheists, agnostics, more gay people than I ever have going to right. church. <laughs> right. And so it, it's a different world. It's a different way to, to be. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of freedom in that kind of finding your niche, if you will. Yeah. And I'm somewhere, I'm somewhere in between you guys where solely me and you were always talking strategy and all this kind of church stuff. I'm kind of, I'm serving at a church. I work, you know, during the day, a different job, obviously. And then, but I'm exploring my faith in a new way. I think what I'd love to hear just to start us off is what is your sort of philosophy or I don't know what you want to call it, but kind of what is your vision or what is your philosophy for what the Christian faith entails, how the church does or should operate in this context we're in, or even just how, how you guys are doing it. I know you're not the type of guy to say there's one way. So, right. Um, so for me, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I got saved at 21 years old after I got my handed to me at a drug deal. Yeah. I totally forget about this, by the way. Oh my goodness. And so I am literally like drug dealer turned pastor. <laughs> and I accepted Christ by my small group leader leading me to Christ while I'm smoking a cigarette on his front porch at 21 years old, taking a puff in between lines of the sinner's prayer, <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for me, my draw to ministry was I wanted to do it differently than I had experienced because I thought church sucked. Yeah. And it's so, it it's so, uh, the word is, it's a real churchy word, but providential or, or ordained or whatever, that I'm at a church now where our mission is representing God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. I'm literally at a church now that is all about taking the timeless truth of Jesus and packaging it in a different way so that people go, huh, you can do that in church? Yeah, you can. So what kind of people are y'all attracting? Dude, it is multi-generational. So even within our church staff, we have people who just celebrated their 80th birthday and people who are 18 out of high school. Okay. Paul Paul? <laughs> oh, like Miss Pat? Miss Kat? <laughs> I will say one thing I notice about you guys is – Y'all are doing a really good job, at least from the outside looking in, of being multi-ethnic. Yes. This is not white evangelicalism. Right. So my pastor is 32-year-old African-American guy. and But his ability to communicate and his authenticity, I mean, every single week he talks about how he was a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, and addicted to pornography, but God saved him. Hmm. And where our church is at now is like white suburbia. Where's it, where's it at exactly? Is it in Tulsa? Like smack so, it, so it's like, it's in South Tulsa. We just uh, about 
three months ago, uh, got into a new building um, that is literally like, in, go two or three miles south and you're in like country of Tulsa, like country, country. Y'all's building used to be uh, an arena, or not an arena, but a yeah, oh, yeah. arena? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so John Legend, ZZ Top, uh, I think Kiss, they had a, a amateur, like a D-League basketball team there. So, yeah, we bought uh, – yeah, so <laughs> we bought an arena for, like, our church. Wow. How, how, do, how have you guys seen um... – because here's what me and Nichols know, that when you're a part of a church that has grown fast, grown large, and doesn't really play by the the subcultural rules, you get criticism. Obviously, you guys are probably not super worried about that, but what, what do people say about that? Like, not only, not just the building thing, what are people saying about how y'all do Christianity in church? Honestly, we don't hear about it. That sounds fair. <laughs> because what I love about my pastor is that he he goes, if we are graced for it, we're going to do it. Okay. So we we just did a conference uh, first part of September. Had 4,500 people show up from 31 countries. Wow. For our first conference. We're going on tour next year in four cities called the Crazy Faith Tour 2020. Going to LA, New York City, Houston, and Miami to do like pop-up conferences. It almost sounds like you remember like the uh the old tent revival days? Yeah. It's like it's like a revolutionary tent revival. So what's incredible about that is Pastor Mike's parents, uh, Pastor Brenda and Pastor Tommy, there was a huge thing in Tulsa called Azusa, mm-hmm. like 20 years ago. So uh, he, Pastor Mike's parents led, was part of the leadership team of Azusa. And so Mike grew up in seeing huge revivals happen. So that's just kind of what he knows. Azusa was more Pentecostal, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so they got down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. We get down. <laughs> for just for all the like atheists and stuff, like it was the freaky deaky stuff that you would probably see on like Benny Hinn type stuff. But there was a lot of good stuff that came out of it. Yeah. And, and kind of kind of one thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Am I interrupting the your answer to Hep's question? There? Oh no, 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 no. We're just riffing. This is awesome. Okay. Um, so, so what? What? One thing I wanted to kind of talk to you about was like, so, so there, like Hep, kind of pre he he. Uh, I'm gonna backpack off of Hep a little bit. So basically, what do you think about like? So, that, so with everything that you guys have going on, you're not really experiencing that much criticism, or at least that you know of or you're hearing of. Are you guys experiencing people leaving the church as quickly as what, what even I've experienced or even friends of mine that have? Because, Kyle, I'll put it like this, man. When my wife and I chose to kind of not go to church as often, things like that, we pretty, we pretty much swung hard the pendulum the other way 
didn't right. want to go into church, couldn't stand Christians, all those kind of things. But now we're in a place where, dude, it's it's more like I see the point of the church. I, yeah. I understand it. I also understand that there's people that are hurting that are never going to step foot in the church and that there is a need for people like me and my wife. And, and there is a need for people that are more, if lack of a better way to put it, more culturally relevant. Um, cause let's, let's be honest. You can't just walk up and start talking churchy to a lot of people. Cause they're just gonna be like, dude, what are you talking about? They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. And so are you experiencing or have you experienced any people that you know of that have left the church and why do you think they have and what do you think the church's response should be? So <laughs> that's a lot of questions. No, I, I really love that. And so my theory, why do people go to a small church? It's because they can feel known. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they, oftentimes why do they leave a small church is because they want things for their family or their kids or their, you know, they, they want something more that they can try to uh, partner with to influence their family. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say like, we go to this church cause there's stuff more stuff for the kids. Yeah. Or yeah. Why do people go sometimes why do people go to a big church is because there's a level of an, like anonymity that people enjoy. Yeah. And so people, there's, there's a need for both. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so have people left the church? Sure. Because context to where I'm at currently, we went from our church was in North Tulsa, which is on the list of like highest crime rate per capita, like, that dynamic and we move our, <laughs> we move our church from that environment to south tulsa which is very higher mid high class like sure, upper, upper class white and we move our whole church after we got the building, there was news, there was presses, all that. We said, hey, it's probably going to be 18 months. We want to do this. And during our conference, God spoke to our pastor and he said, you can't go back. So we started having services there like that Sunday. Wow. And it has caused some pushback and it's caused, because we're a multi-generational church, there's some people that, Literally, they went to that church because it was in proximity, where sure. our old location. But what I love about my pastor is that our response to that as a church is that God is bigger than our decisions. And if we can rest in the fact of knowing that we've done everything we can to care, connect, support, encourage but at the end of the day, if God says go, we going to go. And for me, not growing up in church, being a part of a church that um, now that is so 
sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I know that you got all kinds of people that are listening, but whether you call it the Holy Spirit, whether you call it the universe, whether you call it crystals, yeah. whether you call it whatever, <laughs> yeah. there's something that governs like us. Yeah, yeah. We have those inclinations. Call it intuition, whatever you want to call it. When we feel as as a leadership team uh, that we need to shift and pivot, what I love is that we are willing to do so without oftentimes knowing all the details. And so have people left the church? Sure. People leave churches every Sunday. I've had people tell me they don't believe in God anymore because of something I did to them. Wow. And there are times where I have to, man, you know what? I botched it. I blew it. Yeah. I didn't handle that. Right. I'm sorry. Please don't judge God based on the character of me. But then there's other times where I'm like, I, I can't, I'm not your savior. Yeah. And so if, if our interaction caused you to not believe in God anymore, then I'm going to pray that that belief is strengthened and our relationship is restored, but it's separate. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually a good point. I, it's, it's, I always hate, I feel like people use people as a cop out from their own journey with, with God or experiencing God or even understanding the concept of God that they may not even believe in, but it's real easy to go, Oh, that Christian guy sucked. That pastor treated me bad. Yep. And having been in that position, I mean, all three of us can go, well, crap, y'all shouldn't have put us on the platform that you did. I mean, Cause we did not like, yes. Well, and... well I think, I think, or go ahead, Kyle. Now, it, what came to mind is I've seen this meme before, but it's like not going to church because not, not, not following God because of Christians is like not going to the gym because of out of shape people. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's our own journey. And what I love about what you shared, Nichols, what I love about what I know about Matt and our friendship is that it's about progression. Yeah. And however that journey happens, my belief is that God ain't surprised. I feel in, that. Fact, he, in fact, he welcomes people who question because when it, through the questions and through, there's, uh, I have a minor in psychology there talks about this crisis of belief. And so there's this moment where if you're open to really diving in, really pursuing it, really whatever, that there's this moment where you have to go, do I really believe this? Yeah. Yeah. And you, man, people have to wrestle with that for, for, for different lengths of time. I was in church for, I talk about, I had a drug problem before I had a drug problem because my parents <laughs> drugged me to church. <laughs> I, I was in church for seven, eight years before I accepted Christ as my own personal relationship. And 
it wasn't because I didn't hear the Bible taught. It wasn't because I wasn't around Christians. In fact, it there oftentimes that if I viewed Jesus in the lens of Christians, I wouldn't believe either sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find that it's not super hard to empathize with my non-Christian, unbelieving friends because I kind of get, I kind of like, oh, look, I get it, man. Sometimes we're really weird. Sometimes the things we do, it doesn't make a lot of sense, or it, in fact, it's contrary to, almost sometimes it's contrary to the Jesus that we read about in the Bible. Yeah. And it's like, look, I get it. When you don't like us, I don't like us, man. I get it. So what's the, what's the goal, Sully? Like what? You're talking about the. Yeah, one thing yeah, before we move oh, on to that. Oh, yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that, uh, man, I think that the church needs to recognize, or not the church. I think we all, as Christians, need need to recognize that when someone says, "I don't believe in God because of whatever ex fill in the blank Christian, what if they said or what they have." done or what they've experienced them do or whatever. I think there's validity to how people feel. Absolutely. Um, I think to negate that and just write people off because, well, that's not, that's not what the Bible says. That's not, I mean, you're just talking to the wall. Um, but I also think that when, when people can recognize, Hey, we need people like, so-and-so who's not a Bible thumper, who's not this, who's not that, who doesn't, um, who meets people where they're at, stuff like that, man. Like those are the people that I think need to be more vocal about being Christians, about caring about people, about, man, like, for example, dude, I have a neighbor, man, who, who is so fed up with Christians that he doesn't believe in God. And he found out the other day, it's like that I, that I, I'm a Christian and he found out that I used to be a pastor and found out all these things. And you didn't lead off with all that stuff when you first met him. No, <laughs> come on, man. Well, the thing is, is like, what's funny is when you're, when you're involved so heavily inside the church, what, what sucks, it, let me just say this, not what sucks, but what is, kind of unfortunate or even tragic is that all your friends are Christians. You're in a bubble. And when you, you better come on, <laughs> I wish we, I wish we, our podcast could show the, the video because dude, your facial expressions and like your movement, like you're so engaged physically in this conversation and it just adds so much that our listeners can't see you. Know Go ahead, Nichols. Keep talking. But I, I mean, I just, I really think that, where where we as Christians in the church get it wrong is we become such an echo chamber that we don't allow anyone else to sit at the table when we've pretty much pushed people out. To my friends that are atheist, agnostic, gay, whatever, it almost feels like the church has pushed them out. And... I don't think that the church has ever done that on purpose. I don't think any person inside the church has ever decided to do that. But when it comes to those people, the people that are not, the people that might be looked at weird when they walk in the church, man, we have got to like 
leave a seat for them. Or in my case, I move my table outside the church and we're freaking eating and hanging out. You know what I'm saying? So, so, Hey, look, I want to piggyback off what you're saying. And, and solely, I want, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Now I know that it's the three of us having a conversation. So you can't speak on behalf of every single pastor and every single person at your church, but, but just speaking from a pastor, just one pastor, um, I mean, it's no surprise to guys like us that there are people that feel disengaged or not wanted at the church. How do you guys, I mean, y'all are a growing church. Y'all have people that have been victims of racism. You have people that have been victims to sexuality, uh, prejudice. I don't, I don't know what the right word for that is, but how do you guys deal with those people who are like, uh, beyond like, yeah, we want y'all to know Jesus and come just as you are. But like, you know, now they want to come every Sunday. Now they want to join a life group. I mean, you know, and, and so forth and so on. What do y'all do with those kind of people? So something I love that we say often, even this last Sunday, is this is a place where you can belong before you believe or behave. Okay. I like that. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit. I do too. I do too. So in the Bible, it talks, there's a verse that talks about if you don't love, you can know all the knowledge in the world of God. You could speak in all the heavenly languages. You can do all this stuff. But if you don't love people, you are a, you are a clanging symbol. And it's just like, if I was trying to talk and I was doing this, and that's going to be really loud for your listeners. (laughs) But if, if we don't love people, then what are we doing? And just to clarify that, like, like the, the word love is such a overgeneralization of a word, right. right? Absolutely. I like to say, like, if we just don't even care about people, you know what I mean? Like, well, it's a funny word because you'll use that same word. You'll look at your wife deep in her eyes and you'll gaze through her soul and you'll say, oh, I love you. <laughs> and then you'll be like, man, I love Dr. Pepper. Right. And so, like, for us, how do we handle it? One of, and one of the biggest compliments that people give me is if I'm on a flight or I'm out and about or whatever, and I get striked up a conversation, typically in getting to know somebody, they go, well, what do you do? Yeah. And I go, well, actually, like, I work at a church. Uh, um, I'm a pastor, and they're like, but you seem normal. <laughs> I used to, I used to, when people would ask me that, I'd start lying to them because I didn't like the way they would like all of a sudden shift and start defending their church attendance or the cuss word they said. So I'd just be like, oh, I work for a nonprofit. <laughs> and so I'm like, I need y'all to understand, y'all in general, I was a person before I was a pastor. And person. if you think, it, it like, Right. I'm still a person. I don't levitate. My Bible's not glowing. <laughs> it, I mean, to, to your point, Nichols, I, I go to the gym so that one that I can stay fit and all this stuff. But another piece of that is so I can meet people that don't know Jesus and not so that I can preach to them, but just so I can talk to them. That's cool. Because your point is exactly right. Church staff if we're not intentional, we become isolated, a vacuum in everything that you said. 
And so, like, there have been times where people from my church and things like that go, hey, man, like, I want you to come work out with me. And I'm like, I'll catch, like, one workout with you. But I like, work- <laughs> I like working out with the guy that don't go to church. Yeah. Because and it I keeps- think- uh, I was just going to say, I think that's cool just because, like, I hear a lot of pastors, a lot of people say, well, yeah, I have atheist friends. I know some atheist people, but uh, what a lot of people mean is I know someone who is atheist. That is my project. Right. But do they know you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a big, we need to dig deeper into that. Cause, cause I think Nichols and I, our big thing about pastors, especially, but really just church people is that we sort of, mold ourselves into this cookie cutter version of what we think a Christian is supposed to look like. And then no one actually knows you. And then, and honestly, the church doesn't do the greatest all the time at this because young guys like, you know, like all of us growing up, going through college, we give our right arm to be a pastor. And then we, we get to be a pastor. And all of a sudden the instinct is don't show anything imperfect because they will can you. Yeah. That's part of my story. Kyle, it's like part of my story was I had to, when I stepped away from being a pastor, I really found out who I really was. Yeah. Time trying to fit that mold. Yeah. And, and I think one of, again, I, I feel like I'm saying this a lot, but one of the things I love about TC is we talk about having a hot culture. That's transformation church, right? Yeah, Transformation Church. Okay. Humble, open, and transparent. And I will say that, and I will say it like this. I have been shown time and time again that if I come forward with things that I'm struggling with, I am covered. Mm. Elaborate on that. What do you mean by that? That people support me. That, like, my supervisor... I have been humble, open, and transparent about things that I see, things that I – just whatever the case may be, potential tension points, being able to process through things. You know, I came from a certain way of doing church into a different way of doing church. So with that, there's tension. And never once did anything I said, no matter the emotion tied to it, did it come back in a negative way to me. Well, it's, it's funny too, because most people in their lines of work now, I mean, within reason, like they can't just be acting all kinds of foolish and stuff like that, but within reason, their boss is never going to ask them certain right checkpoints in, in their inner life. They're not going to ask them about their drinking habits. Are, are you an alcoholic? I mean, like as long as you come clock in, do your thing, get out, you know, don't call well, your deepest, darkest sin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, do that for us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's and, – and the thing is, is that I'm not I, – I, I don't believe that those closest to us should be people who are not aligned with us in whatever that is. Because, <laughs> because we're the average of our five closest friends. John Maxwell talks about that. Zig Ziglar talks about that in leadership. So those that are speaking most into us should be those that we are aligned with in our 
not always agree with, but are aligned in that it voices that are the closest should have our best interests at heart. Sure. So for me, it, those that truly know all parts of me are people who love Jesus and pursue God. I believe that you should treat everybody how you want to be treated, but you can't and shouldn't treat everybody the same way. Not everybody should have the same amount of access to you. Yeah. Like Ginger has way more access to me than anybody else on this planet. And so though there's guys in my life that I talk to on a weekly basis that know everything about me. But though, and so for me, that's in ministry, that's in business, that's in my personal life, that's in my marriage life. That's where you start building out like who can be your mentors for those I have chosen and it has been arranged through relationship that those have been people who I'm most aligned with in my belief and mindset. And those are people that can speak in. You said something interesting when you, you were just talking about all the different ways people have access in your life and different people's at different levels. Why, why do you think that's important? Why is it important to have guys that have a certain level of access? Why is it important that your wife has a certain level of access or, or that some, some strangers don't have that access? Why are those things important? I mean, do this protection. If, if there are people that we give access, like we give access to that maybe don't have our best interest, maybe aren't in a season, in a space to be able to speak to certain challenges or struggles or whatever. Like I'm probably an example. I'm probably not going to go get marriage advice from a newlywed. <laughs> well, I think, I think you're even talking about stuff that's not necessarily even a church thing. I mean, no, I think, not, I think, no, like, this is just, this is a life thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important to distinguish because like, I don't think it like, I don't think that's just a big church secret. I think that's a, that's a, just a great thing for anybody to hear. Right. Because I mean, don't go tell them all your stuff to just Joe Schmo who right. is not even on the same playing field as you. And, and, and what I have and found, I, man, I'm speaking from, go ahead. What I've found too real quick is that if you give people access to early, it could actually damage them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think even just in, like, I think about work, for example, um, I'm not going to train a guy or even tell him how I'm doing certain things. A guy that just started, you know, like I'm going to, I mean, I'll train up a guy to be, you know, there, there's going to be certain things that I tell someone who just started and certain things I tell someone who's been there right. years, you know, whatever. So same principle. So, so I was thinking about this earlier. I, I was starting to ask this earlier, and then we uh, we kept going, which I love this conversation, by the way. Just like you said, we're riffing, so I, I, I'm, I'm about it. But what is uh, – you talk about people who know Jesus, people who don't know Jesus. You want people to know Jesus. That's that's. I mean, I know that about you. 
what's the point of all of this though? Like, what is the point of the things that you and your church do to reach people? What does that even mean to reach people? I mean, I know every question I ask is like eight questions packaged into one, but just what's the point of all of it? Because, I mean, we do have a fairly diverse audience right now. I mean, we've got guys like us that, man, we're highly immersed in the church. We've got friends that, like Nichols' neighbor who is listening to this, and he's just listening to it because he's buddies with Nichols and yeah, not su- not super in tune to like church stuff. Like, in fact, if you made it this far, my dog. <laughs> Yeah. Um, The point is that I, I believe because of my experience that there is a heaven and hell. And I know that can be argued. And the best argument to what the point of all of this is, has been okay you take you take somebody that like myself that believes there's a heaven and a hell you take somebody that does not believe that and believes that whatever different kind of thing so let's dive in for for just an example okay everybody going to heaven um my thought is and this is more like uh uh like philosophy Okay. So let's not, let's I'm agree. Not decided one way or another. By the way, I just, I'm just so let's let's decide. Let's take the principles of Christianity that there is a heaven and a hell, and that our decision to accept this being that is God through Jesus, which is told to be His Son, okay. to receive this third part, the Holy Spirit, let's say all of that happens and we inherit what the Bible says of eternal life in heaven or which is all, you know, it's, it's great. It's worship. It's, it's eternal bliss. On the other side, there's this hell that is eternal forever out of time, torment, and destruction of whatever that is. Even if we just take it from a betting man's perspective, (laughs) do I want to inherit this eternal bliss or inherit this eternal torment? So, so what you're saying is something along the line of like Pascal's wager that says, yes. Hey, if I'm wrong, I got nothing to lose. If you're wrong, you have everything to lose. Yes, exactly right. And so, but the point of it for me is you can, you can argue my logic. You can never argue my experience. Okay. So I have experienced restoration in me. I have experienced being at rock bottom and getting my you know what handed to me and going, there's gotta be a better way. So this is, I love the direction this is going. I do too. Because this is how I all, this is like, this is where me and you, we, we just spit off the same answer. If if someone asked me this whenever, but then I've also got these friends who don't think like that. They're not Christians. 
and yet they're seemingly good people. They do things. Heck, they might be they might be better than me, man. I don't know. <laughs> and so there's this whole group of people, and I don't know if it's a small group or a large, I don't know. But they try to do good. They try to be good people. And, you know, that's that whole thing is maybe relevant, a bit subjective. But I always wonder, like, how do we, when we're engaged with people like that, how do we convince them of the goodness or of the need of this Jesus guy whenever they're actually seeking to do good in their own way, you know? You can't. Our job is not to convince. Uh oh. Our job is not to convince you that you should accept Jesus. Our call on life is to love people in a way that it would intrigue them. Of, like, I know we do a lot of the same things, but there's this, there's this thing. What's this thing? Mm -hmm. It's people don't care what we know until we know that we care. And so like, there was a guy, my wife and I lived in an apartment. He lived above us. Every time I went to go take the trash, I feel like he was outside smoking a cigarette. And I would just talk to him. Like, hey man, what's your name? Oh, it's such and such. Oh, cool, I'm Kyle, nice to meet you. And, and months went on that I would let go to let my dog out or I would take the trash out. And man, he's out there either listening to music or he's doing whatever. And literally it was probably 12 months of us just talking it up. He never knew that I worked at a church and I didn't tell him. <laughs> I think that's huge, man. I think, I think that that is how it ought to be. Um, because when it, people, when, when people feel you trying to convert them, they're so turned off. But if you're just being yourself, Here's the deal, man. I I ain't God. Conversion? It, I ain't, I'm not coming into your life to save you. That's true. <laughs> and so for me, it was months. And then finally, one conversation led to another. And he was like, so what do you, the whole thing, what do you do? And I was like, man, I, I, I work at a church. I'm a at the time I was a youth pastor, I said, man, I'm a youth pastor. And he goes, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> because, because we had built up a friendship and now it's much like what you were saying with your neighbor Nichols. Now there's a, there's a, there's a tension for a person who hears that after they have a relationship with somebody. Because yeah. then it's like, yeah. but I don't like Christians. But I like you. Yes. Yeah. Nichols, it's your favorite word, man. It's cognitive dissonance. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so what happened is he goes, in, in this conversation has stuck with me so much. He goes, why did you talk to me? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he goes, I mean, the first time we talked, which showed me that it made an impact on him. He said, the first time we talked, I was smoking a cigarette. And I said, and? He said, I cuss all the time. And? Yeah. Man, I'm out here. Sometimes you got to tell me to turn my music down. Cool. What's your point? Yeah. And 
what I know is that I have not always been in this place because when I first accepted Christ, I was Bible thumping, legalistic, and it was honestly, it was what I needed to be so that I could get back to a place of more freedom because I couldn't mess with the stuff I used to do if I was going to be where I needed to be. Yeah. 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 And, and so there's levels to this. And so what the point of it all is, is I love Robin Hell. And I, based on my beliefs, believe that people separated from God and die are eternally separated from God in whatever that place is. But what I know and what I read and what I believe is that it ain't a good place. I think this was one of my favorite things about having you specifically on um, on this podcast because, I mean, not only do we have experiences through our college years of kind of, I mean, that whole thing was us balancing our faith and, and everything else and figuring that out a lot. But I love that uh, I love that our non-Christian listeners and, and people that, that we actually really care about and have a lot of conversations with probably about things of faith and everything outside of faith. I love they're getting to hear another Christian say like, hey, just so you know, our, our, our whole goal is not to be like these weird Christian assassins. Like we're good with just being your friends. And hopefully that will birth some really good discussion and we can kind of learn from each other. And, you know, I love that you bring that to the table. I think it's an important thing to what your point is, Matt, is that we can learn from everybody. I'm going to piggyback off of that because, because I think to like, I'm going to go ahead and I think I had an epiphany just now. Um, but to answer your question that you asked Sully, what's the point? I would, I would almost just even agree with you Sully, but I would also, I would say in a different way. I think the point is, is recognizing that everyone's on a journey that everyone is on a journey accepting that someone else might be on a different journey than you. It, they may not even be a Christian, like your, your neighbor or whatever, but I mean, be you, be you, be on your journey. And if you meet yes. somebody that's on a different journey, you get to share what you believe. Cool. It's not up to you. Well, and there's a certain level of humility that comes, whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, wh- wherever you fall, there's a certain level of humility that comes with just kind of going, hey, I'm going to unapologetically be who I am, but I'm also open to shifting and realigning because I know that I don't have all my crap figured out. So maybe there's some areas that I got to kind of reset. So, And I think, I think our mistake as human beings is to say, I have it right. And where I'm at, everyone else should be at also. I think that's the biggest mistake that we all get into just as people. Um, I mean, even I, I have a, a friend that's an agnostic. He I self-identifies as, as such. And he would be like, you know, I'll, he'll ask me questions, just really tough questions. And I'll just be like, dude, I don't know. And next thing you know, I, I start asking him questions. Hey, what do you think about this? And he, he told me one time, he said, Matt, if you don't be careful, you're going to you're gonna end up, uh, he said, you're one question away from being an atheist. 
like my dog, I, like you said, Sully, like, man, you don't know my experiences, bro. Like, right. so I just want to be real. I want to be me. I think stepping away from being a pastor, which for, for you and for other people, it's great for me. I figured out, man, it's just not for me. Um, I actually like hanging out more with those guys or, they're just cussing and smoking cigarettes and, and all that kind of stuff because I find that I can just be real raw. Um, I can also let them in on who I am like I've never had before. You know what I mean? So and, and to that point, what I love is that that is part of our goal is to create that environment inside the church. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it is a it is a thing that we will continue to do as we represent, represent God to the lost and the found. Yeah, for I like one that. reason, transformation in Christ. I like that you say that because Hep and I have even talked about like, man, I really believe that the found or the quote unquote Christians need Jesus including myself need Jesus way more than lost people. I, and I, I saw a quote the other day that said, uh, my nice atheist friend, I believe is closer to Jesus than my mean Christian friend. And I was like, Holy crap. So who knows, man? Who knows? Well, Dude, thank you, Sully, for uh Yeah, man. For hanging this, out been, this. this has been a blast. I know, dude. I wish that we did like a six hour podcast because I feel like my brain, I could just I could ask you so many questions and tell stories and the whole thing. Uh before we get off here, tell us give give us a little snapshot of kind of the leadership thing real quick that you're doing. Yeah, so I what I love to do is to lead and develop people to discover and chase after the best version of themselves. Okay. Um that's what I feel like is my personal mission on planet earth is to do that. And so, um, through developing teams within a, um, a ministry context, but also helping uh, business owners, helping, um, from various different fields through masterminds to one-on-one coaching, um, is I love helping people win. And if that's in or out of the church, great. Yeah. Because when we can empower and encourage people to win at whatever they're doing, then we help them create a reality that they only see with their eyes closed. And so that's what I love to do. And then give us, uh, give us just another quick snapshot of if anybody's in the Tulsa area or wherever transformation churches can be found, how, how can they access more information? Here's what would be, I would love for some skeptic or somebody that doesn't think like you or me or Nichols or whoever to be like, I'm going to go check what he said out. Yeah. So the easiest place to hear our messages, um, is YouTube. And so transformation church on YouTube, I think we're creeping up on 800,000 subscribers on YouTube, um, which is just incredible. Um, if I had to say anything, start with crazy faith. We are in part, this week going to be part 14 of this series. Start with part one. It's only crazy until it happens. Uh, it is a incredible, raw, authentic view of how faith can be activated 
in your life for what is inside of you to do. It's incredible. Um, so Transformation Church, if you are in Tulsa, man, hit your boy up. I'm on social media, Kyle J. Sullivan. Um, I would love to sit by you if you are in Tulsa and you want to come to church and just experience what representing God looks like, hit me up. I'll grab coffee. We'll go to dinner. You can sit in church with me and uh, we'll have a conversation after. And I think it'd be awesome. And he'll even sit with you while you smoke a cigarette afterward. Come man. <laughs> well, Sully, dude, love you, man. Thanks for hanging with us, dude. I, I really, I'm really excited to be able to say like, I'm part of like the first 10 episodes when y'all blow yeah. up. I'll be like, I was there in the beginning. <laughs> hey, I hope that happens. Hey, just write us a fat check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah I'm <laughs> I might be writing him a fat check. We'll see. I know. He's on that. He said he's on that pastor salary. <laughs> that ministry math. Oh my goodness. All right, Nichols, you got any last thoughts? Anything you need? You want to outro? Say goodbye. Man, Sully, it's been cool. Uh, love getting to talk to you. Love you, yeah. dude. Hey, thanks for checking out Helmet Theory Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. Do us a favor. If you don't mind, go give us a like, a follow, or rate us on iTunes or any podcast source that you listen to us on. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks.